chapter by chapter, line by line, listen to our show, and have a real good time with your pal Annie. Chapter by chapter, chapter by chapter, and by law, we'll read along. We, we can't sing, sing at the same, the same time. time. This is a nightmare. If it, no, no, no. no. Let's, okay. We're going to plow forward, I say. This is all great pod. Uh, I am not in liking pan- pandemic singing is probably is, is among the top, um, I don't know. 1,000 terrible things that are happening uh, right now? the many, many bad things that are happening, by far the worst is the fact that uh, you cannot simultaneously sing with each other in a pandemic. Yeah, I I, th- I mean, this is this has been a... Uh, this has really mis- uh, inconvenienced like, me. Yeah, audio... Uh, you know, I I feel like, you know, that, you know, lots, millions of people have lost their jobs and their incomes, um... Elderly people can't leave their homes. Uh, we're eating beans out of cans. I was and, doing that anyway. Um, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but uh, but not being able to you know to to, to harmonize over Zoom. I think that's we've just, run that's into just a the niche. Worst. Like I'm not even really joking. Like we need to get an audio technology that is synchronized enough and like has no lag or like somehow makes up for the lag in some way so that you can synchronize so that bands can play with each other and like choirs can sing with each other yeah i mean there there, i think uh there is something that exists but it's quite expensive and like professional technology super uh super zoom super Super Zoom, where it makes it makes up for the for everybody's yeah. Wi-Fi speeds um, being different. I don't know how that would happen, but there, yeah, there you go. So uh, it's been you know a number of weeks since uh, we put out our last podcast episode twenty six. Um, what is, I you know I don't know for not much no, has gone uh, on in the world since then. The, the time just froze still, uh, and I really because I the. Uh, the stability of our institutions is what's really keeping it's like history ended uh we have the perfect of all systems and history ended yeah i mean a- after all eric um we are christians and we, we live are in christians england and we do live in england and we have we have <laughs> neighbors and that means that there can be no dead wife in the attic and uh, and the global yeah. pandemic just uh, isn't happening. Gosh, didn't I feel like Edward Said said something about that? Like Jane Austen, her whole like all these people, Emma, uh, uh, Liz Bennett, they can all like have their little lives because of colonialism, right? Well, I mean, I think the only the only character in Jane Austen, the the only family in Jane Austen that is directly benefits from colonialism that's written into the text is the family in uh, Mansfield Park where they have um they're 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 wealthy and they're living off of a a sugar plantation in Antigua I want to say Oh yeah that's r- wait now I'm thinking of um I'm thinking of something completely different never mind 
Uh, but and then well, and then the others are all uh, I don't know, like Vickers children, like Jane Austen was. But I guess like that's like second or third degree. We're making money yeah, off of no, colonialism, uh, I suppose. Uh, there's no. If you're the you're the second son of the Lord, and the Lord is is making money on, probably you know probably some of his 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 landed tenants and and also the burgeoning yeah. markets. If they're there's if, no they're, if they're smart with their money under uh, English colonialism. Yeah. No. Yeah, those muslins no, these not, are a, not not uh, ethical. Fair trade muslin. Those those. Not fair trade bonnets, not fair trade muslin. Uh, what the fuck are we doing here? Uh, so this is the world's dumbest podcast, which um, now that the world is only podcasts, and this is the only way to talk to anybody who isn't your uh, your partner or your kid or your roommate, um, we are uh, we are now. Yep, we the are media. the new Fox News. Um, and so it's going to be all uh, dirtbag literary podcasts all the time, uh, coming to yeah, you every, every day with more and more so content. Much content. You won't even know what to do. You're going to want to shoot yourself in the fucking face. It, yes, like um, the arse, yeah. arse face. In and uh, you're going to not only, you're probably going to want to shoot yourself in the fucking face because of all the news. Uh, so right, so the, Eric, what are we doing here? Yeah. Besides this is the shooting ourselves in the slowest face. slowest and dumbest book club podcast. The idea is we've got uh, Northanger Abbey by Jane Austen, and every episode we are doing a deep dive into one chapter of it. And the idea is by the time we're done with season one, and it's been a little over a year now, you you little you little piggies are going to read one book. And uh, and we decided that that book is Jane Austen's Northanger Abbey because um, we wanted to pick the most popular Jane Austen novel. No Emma for you. No, no, no Pride and Prejudice. No, neither no, no, no. sense nor sensibility. No. That's too good for you. You get Northanger Jane, Abbey. You can, get fucking can, satire and uh, amb- ambiguous uh, stories can they about get a teen sexuality. Sense or sensibility just as a treat. No. Oh, yeah. No. Nope. Nope. No. It's not like Kitty's no, Salami. No. No, boy, Elizabeth Warren runs the ethos of this podcast. Yeah. You don't get shit. You have to eat, eat the, eat the you have to eat the doo doo soup. <laughs> oh, Annie, how is it? How could it be? Now, hold on to those those um, ding dongs tuning in. How could it be that we run a Jane Austen podcast and yet we don't care for Elizabeth Warren? Yeah, you know what? You, this is an excellent point. This has always been the elephant in the room in our um, We're in one our of the podcast. rare uh, literary um, podcasts how, that are so MAGA and right-wing. It's just, we are frothing racists. Oh, uh, we are, we're just, oh, we are, Trump! we have, um... <clears throat> Sorry, Trump. What was that sound? Trump! But uh, when... That that was my favorite thing about canvassing for Bernie in, in like the early primary states was the guys who would sort of come to the door slightly frightened because they'd never answered their front door before and they've never spoken to another hum, human being before and you ask them what they think about Bernie Sanders and they say, you're for Bernie and I'm Trump! And then they boldly slam the door in your face um, and it was the, the, the angriest and most courageous thing life, they had ever done in their lives. They Trump's name like it was uh, an invocation, like a... Like it was a weapon and or a magic spell. Yeah, yep. 
a spell. Yeah, and when we did a, wa- a magic wand. We were like, yeah, um, whatever, okay. They they did not know what to do. They did not know what to do. Yeah. And you know, we have you know, Trump is obviously like you know he's the, it's the Voldemort. Uh, yeah. The Voldemort campaign, the Voldemort uh, politics, and then Elizabeth Warren is obviously Hermione, according to her her stands. Um, and then, what, what did we decide, Bernie? Bernie? Bernie oh, well, Bernie was Harry okay. Potter. Here's my... Because uh, yeah. well, Here's my analysis. Here's my analysis of the, whole, of the whole situation. Is this. Uh, Bernie's... It's read another th- book is the analysis that of the too, situation. That too. Uh, Bernie Sanders is Harry Potter. Elizabeth Warren is Voldemort. Uh, uh, tr- <laughs> Trump, Donald Trump, Trump is also, also Voldemort. Also Voldemort. <laughs> Joe Biden, he's Voldemort too. Uh, everybody Voldemort, in the media is Voldemort. Voldemort. Um, you, if you're listening to this, you're Voldemort. <laughs> Everyone is fucking Voldemort. <laughs> yeah. Except uh, for Bernie Sanders. So if you don't want to be Voldemort anymore, you have to become one That's with right. Bernie Sanders. <laughs> what the fuck is this? All right. Okay. But I think actually we were onto a much more interesting subject, which is that 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 we are a Jane Austen podcast, no, but we, we hate don't... Elizabeth Warren, which is which I say I think I hate Elizabeth Warren. I think that gets oh into the God, meat you're... of um of what we're trying As to do here. As you said here. that your audio with. What about oh, my sorry, audio? Sorry, sorry. You just got back up. Literally, just as you said, well, I hate Elizabeth Warren. Your audio slowed down to an eerie crawl. As though, uh, as really? though the, the, the gods of Skype did not care for your, your words. Yeah. The gods of um, Skype. No, I, yeah, I mean, we were definitely trying to bring kind of a, a, a grungy sensibility, which is really bizarre that like the two of us pampered uh, assholes are trying to bring a grungy sensibility to literary podcasts but uh well we you know when, when one is the outcast yeah. among the nerds right if you're not you're not gooey enough for I'm for not the literary nerds enough. but you're not you're not I don't know I'm not dry punk enough rock for enough the, the normies for yeah, punk rock enough for dry. Oh yes, yeah, mm-hmm. dry being the opposite of gooey. You're not dry enough for the mo- for the for the normies. You're not cool enough to I don't know. Not read yeah. books, have friends, um, pose outside of bars with cigarettes, and yes, um, have, wear sunglasses and at night. Bear me out here, sex. I've never heard of it. No, no, we so don't, wait, we don't the, talk about such things here. Those assholes, though, are looking at us like we're geniuses because, you know, where where is their vaunted bars now? Where is their uh, their their cigarette posing? Indeed, we it is it is the likes of us. Yes, we yes. rule the world now. Finally, the nerds shall rule. Ah! Uh, no, it's cool. Um, but but this seriously, is this is this is terrible. We're just incredibly. This is really terrible. Yeah, I want to be it's outside. It's finally warming up, and uh, we can't go outside. And it feels like all of society is crumbling down around us, and uh, sensible voices are being uh, sort of sidelined away in exchange for uh, status quo corpses. I, I actually How went outside you? today. 
I went for a walk in Prospect Park in the pouring rain. I got my feet. I got my feet very wet, but I had I had to go out. Was it I a have, I had walk? been outside. No, it was not. Okay, because it's it's Cause March. My husband does. My husband does yeah, go on barefoot walks sometimes. They thought he was. He's, a drug one, of, he's one of those people. He was walking around barefoot. No, there's a there's a famous actress yeah. who lives in the neighborhood who did. Okay, but that's so a whole other story. Talking about uh, so the reason why our audio is weird and strange is because we're trying to do this over teleconferencing. Uh, so hopefully this all works out. Um, the point of this podcast, though, is to do a chapter of Northanger Abbey, and we are on chapter twenty seven. Twenty seven. Seven. Uh, Annie, do you recall what happened last time on Northanger Abbey? Last time on Northanger Abbey! So last time on Northanger Abbey, um, Catherine goes to visit Henry Coolfox Tilney's uh, vicarage in um, the little village that's not far from where his father lives. Uh, and he's, it's clearly like the, like Henry's entire family is bringing her over to be like, Catherine, we want you to marry our son. Here's a little sugar to entice you to marry our son. Here's a beautiful house. And Catherine being a little bit of a, of a nudnik, uh, doesn't get it as usual that, uh, that, uh, people are trying to be nice to her and get her to marry the boy she has a crush on, um, and wants to be with so bad. Uh, and um, and they hang out at his beautiful house, and she admires the views and the cabinets, and tries to imagine how she it, would. How is it that she's so consistently a Dudnik lately? I'm very disappointed. Uh, you know, she had she did so much growing up when she was in Bath, and that, but you know what? You know, this this is this happens to people. You know, you go away to college, you go away on your semester of study abroad, and you learn things. You become a new person, and then the you know the instant you're back home, or you're out in the country, or you're in another space, you regress. That's it. Also, you know, some of these chapters were written you can tell, decades yeah. earlier. Um, you can some of these chapters are a lot rougher. It, it does feel like that because I read we we read read that Jane Austen had written this first but published it last. So it really feels like she picked up a bunch of her early notes and then tried to make a story out of it. Yeah, and you know, I think the first two thirds of this book is it's gorgeous and it's beautiful and it works. And then the actual gothic satire novels that the book is completely known for, yeah, are I, a bit of a I mess. I couldn't give less of a rat's think, ass about and, the uh, the the point of the book. I mean, they're only interesting academically yeah. at at best. And the but the the chapter is about like being a teenager and driving driving around in buggies. Uh, they're 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 amazing and they're this quality top notch Jane Austen and is what we what we what we want from her and then like and then suddenly we're in a gothic castle and she's doing like her lame IQ teenage satire. Her by fifty points. Um, you know she's uh, suddenly has completely confused fantasy and reality. Uh, but now you know finally after she's um, she's reached her terrible uh, realization that there is no dead wife in the attic. Um, which happens in like a second and like there's no there's no climax because there was no build up because we don't actually give a fuck. Um, 
And then and then it's over, and then she's back with, uh, you know, flirting with Henry and hanging out with her soon-to-be sister-in-law and being weirded what out is, by their dad um, and visiting, the, what visiting is, houses. What's like a really quality teen show? Like, uh, I don't know, people talk about... Um, oh, Saved by the Bell, is that like a good one? Well, I wouldn't call what it quality. quality. I call it classic. Say, like really well well written. What's that show that that, that British show about the tits oh, that do the drugs? What's the one where have, it, have the Gilmore sex. Girls, where they're all teens in? Oh, Gil. Oh, yeah, Gil. But Gilmore Girls is a, is a, is also an adult comedy. Well, okay, it's not just so, but here's where I'm going drama. with this: is like, what if there was a very special episode of Gilmore Girls where, like, one of the Gilmore Girls, like, it's a very hastily written episode where the writers all got together and uh said we have to like respond to uh the teen sexting scandal so we're gonna have a very special episode where we're gonna force in all of these like moral panics and very poor writing into this otherwise uh well-written show and it doesn't really feel correct to any of the characters you know what this is exactly like is actually there is an episode of my so-called life where it is uh that's about ghosts and it's set at christmas and it's completely divergent with the the style and the ethos of of the show so far and there are only like what 10 episodes of my so-called life entirely and one of them is this like weird out of place ghost episode and this, these yeah, chapters these, are the out of place ghost episodes and they're also kind of and they're also very, very ghosty feel very like uh, a very special episode like this is what happens when your teens read too much gothic fiction is they confuse their uh, soon to be husbands houses for being ghost houses yep and I mean it's clearly like you know the the pompous teenage Jane Austen thought she was too cool for gothic literature, which all of her her girlfriends and her sister and her cousins, they loved the gothic literature, nope. and she thought she was too cool for it. And so she wrote these, you know, chapters of an unfinished novel about how gothic literature is for babies and it's stupid and it makes you dumb, and I, and mm-hmm. I hate it and blah. And it's it's like no, it's a, that's not the, and and she doesn't she obviously doesn't get it and she doesn't really know how to write in the genre she doesn't understand the genre and she's trying to make some uh, some moral point uh, that never gets later, anywhere. She picks up she's an accomplished author she picks up her old notes and says I'm going to uh, flesh out these one dimensional characters a bit. Um, one way she fleshes out Catherine Moreland, her uh, previously very stupid heroine, is one, she makes her smart and gives her an internal life in the earlier chapters, but two, she has her meet an actually stupid family, the Thorpes. Yeah, the Thorpes are like are a very classic Jane Austen uh, family, and they're not at all a family from a, from a gothic novel. They're very much like the uh the dumb grasping thirsty uh husband hunting family from a Jane Austen novel yeah uh and especially so John Thorpe is uh like just an ogre and an oaf uh but Isabella Thorpe has a, had a more interesting journey uh do you want to go over that journey sure so uh Isabella is uh a, she is husband hunting in Bath um, because her family has no fortune and she has and to marry girl well. Has got um, to and eat. so she, girl has got to eat, and so she is a accomplished uh, coquette 
and she knows how to flirt with the men's in the pump room in Bath so hard, and she's really good at it, and she shows Catherine how to do it, um, and it really, it turns, uh, you know, you know, the thing is about Bath is that Bath is full of Isabella Thorpe's. Bath is full of Isabella Thorpe's. They are a dime a dozen, but uh, Catherine doesn't really know that when she arrives, because so, so Isabella is kind of like a, is, is exotic to her. Um, exotic, cosmopolitan, brilliant conversationalist. Um, and uh, Isabella becomes quite close friends with her, then winds up engaged to her brother, and then as soon as she finds out that um, Catherine's brother James doesn't actually have a large fortune, um, she breaks up with, uh, with him and uh, winds up going after Captain Tilney, who's Henry Tilney's uh, older brother, um, and then so, yeah, at wait, the wait, beginning wait, me, of this just, chapter, uh, like before, because that's all backstory, uh, and I wanted to sort of summarize all that by saying uh, she's a mess. She's been an absolute mess. She's been a hashtag fake friend. Uh, she has uh, toyed with the emotions of everybody in the uh, Moreland family, and furthermore is trying to insinuate herself into the Tilney family, having found out that there's more money there. Right, she is the Amy Winehouse she is a sloppy of Northanger But I, you know, she actually has grown on me through the course of this novel because imagine being a flirty, stupid teenager and the and the fortune of your entire family resting That's... on your shoulder. Like this, this, oh, yeah. this is what I, would uh, happen. I, I can't imagine I'd uh, uh, like, do it any better. You... Not, not even, not remotely. Like, of course, like, yeah. At first, you find a nice poor boy to to get with who who falls in love with you, and uh, and then the hot, rich captain starts flirting with you, and you dump the first guy to try to get with the second guy, and then the second guy uh, ghosts you so, and heads off back to Oxford. Excuse not, me, his, regi- his regiment. Yeah, uh, yeah sure, his regiment. More like. Because as we as we as we know from Jane Austen novels that if if somebody is a soldier they will um, they they will leave you uh, they they will fuck you and leave you back they and do fuck them back and the leave them British Army. That's why uh, the uh, American colonists rebelled against them is because they were jilted lovers. Yeah, that, every single, every last single one, of one of them. <laughs> Thomas Paine <laughs> all of the Adams family yep uh. yep uh hell hell hath no no fury like uh uh american when uh, in the co- course colonial of human events that one group of people must declare the other fake friends hashtag fake friends <laughs> We hold these truths to be self-evident. Uh, sort of, that, that, <laughs> no, I, I can't continue this bit in good conscience. So, so Catherine has uh, has grown on Eric and I. You know, she was such, oh, Isabella, such a terrible mean. fake friend. But you know what? Excuse me. Yes, Isabella is a terrible fake friend. She. Uh, were we any better is, as teenagers? And the answer is no. We were not. We were not. We were worse as teenagers. We weren't even that. We weren't even as good good at flirting and husband hunting as Isabella. Uh, we would not have been able to do that. We would have just have sat home and twiddled our our thumbs and masturbated and read gothic novels. Uh, so 
it's uh, funny we should be talking about Isabella because this chapter. So Catherine is pretty much said to live happily ever after. She appears to be too dumb to do so. She doesn't realize that the man of her dreams is offering her a house and a, a wife ship on a silver platter. Well, it's a kind of an interesting take on privilege where, you know, life, her life is just being built around her. She doesn't have to lift a finger except to say, yes, I will go there. Yes, I will do that. Um, yes, yes, Henry, I will stop uh, imagining that your your father yeah. murdered your wife in the attic. Um, and that, and then everything else is just sort of happens for her. And, you know, she doesn't, she won't ever have to she worry about and, money. Uh, uh, it's... I feel like it's all just because she's the prettiest girl at Bath. Uh, we have heard from multiple characters, including her boyfriend's dad, that uh, she's got some wiggle in her step. Yeah, that was a gross Yeah, scene. that was gross. Uh, but And we know from her, from the beginning of the novel, that she believes that she's more attractive now at 17 than I, she was at what? 13. I'll probably take her word for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and so at the beginning, what happens oh, at the beginning gets, of this chapter? She's, she's just about to live happily ever after, but she gets a mysterious letter. Now, who, who could it be from? So Isabella, Isabella sends her a letter the, saying after, that... Uh, after fights and uh, uh, all of that drama, and after uh, months, I say, of not talking to each other, Isabella has finally written... She's finally written to say that, uh, and and this is after uh, we already know that she's broken up with James, Catherine's brother, and and run off with Captain Tilney. And now Isabella has written to say that, oh no, Captain Tilney has now jilted Isabella as quickly as Isabella jilted James. Who would have? Who could have seen that coming? You know who? Yep. Henry Tilney. Henry Tilney and his sister. They saw uh, what they it, saw that, that this that, was coming. Uh, uh, she was uh, a a gold digger. And uh, and they also knew that Captain Tilney did not uh, take his uh, lady acquaintances very seriously and was unlikely to uh, to have gotten himself engaged. Um, because he, Captain Tilney, is a is a is a complete is a rake. You know, he's a piece of shit. But um, but he's also ambitious, and he's going to marry uh, for status or yeah. for money or for something. He because he's the he is he is vain like like Isabella, and an Isabella doesn't marry another is like Isabella unless they're both of equal status. Isabella. He yeah she has, and this is also this is I think like an interesting story about power because. You know, we are we're told throughout this uh, this book since Captain Tilney arrives on the scene that they're kind of they have very similar personalities. Um, they're similarly, um, you know, flirtatious. Um, that you know, the gender their 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 dynamic socially is very similar. Um, but of course, their power the the power differences between them are huge. Isabella has only her her body and only her her words 
to get her by in the world. It's only her, you know, the way she cocks her bonnet and her muslins and how she talks to people and how she plays one person off against the other. Whereas Captain Tilney has, like, a position in a regiment and lots and lots of money and a giant house and a rich daddy and a castle. And uh, so, actually, there is no uh, equality between them whatsoever. Yeah, uh... Yeah, you know what? Given all of that context, it's easier to forgive Isabella, and yet, do you not feel a little twinge of satisfaction upon reading this uh, obviously false letter from her? I don't know. I've kind of given up on uh, on hating on Isabella because she's such a and and John Thorpe yeah. too because they're such fools and they're gonna they're gonna they're obviously suffer they're gonna suffer yeah, so much because they have no uh, money. And they're spending, they're spending their every last family cent in bath, so husband hunting, and they're both going to fail. So this letter was naked. And go into service. She's going to have to go and become a, a fucking, a um, what is it called? Oh, not a governess. No, a governess. No, things could turn out well go- for yes. a governess, though. It's the worst, the worst thing that you could be, which is in the Jane Austen's world, for a gentlewoman is become, going and becoming a governess or... Or the the lady companion of a grouchy old she bitch. Be, yeah, she could be a spinster. Uh, so this was a uh, uh, so this letter that she wrote to uh, Catherine was a sort of a uh, an embarrassingly naked attempt at uh, trying to mend that fence. She's full of uh, different excuses, different cockamamie excuses as to why she dumped Catherine's brother for a richer man. Do you want to? Do, do, do you have that open? Uh, do you want to read? Do you, oh, yeah, how about you read? I, I have it open. So, uh, well, actually, let's, you know, okay. keep, let's keep talking. I'll let me find the passage. While you keep talking. And I will do so through song. In olden days, a glimpse of stocking was looked on as something shocking, but heaven knows. Anything goes. Good authors, too, who once knew better words, now only use four letter words writing prose. Anything. Okay. Okay, so let me. Alright, so this is uh, Isabella is talking to. Is talking. Is writing to. Is to Catherine about how much uh, she misses uh, her brother whom she has jilted for the rakish Captain uh, Tilney. I would write to him myself, but have mislaid his direction. And as I hinted above, am afraid he took something in my conduct amiss. Pray explain everything to his satisfaction, or if he still harbors any doubt, a line from himself to me, or a call at Putney when next in town, might set all to right. I have not been to the rooms this age, nor to the play, except going in last night with the Hodges with for a frolic at half price. They teased me into it. I was determined they should not say I shut myself up because Tilney was gone. Um, and so and so on and so forth. And so she talks about how uh, how miserable she is. Uh, you know, she can't. She can only go to the theater with people she doesn't like. Awful. She's Awful. so sad. Um, I was. She's so sad, and she and even though she wore her best dress and, her, and everybody admired her her beautiful muslin, she knew she knew in her heart she that she wore she her apple bottom like jeans and her boots with the fur, and yet the whole club was not looking at her. No. Mm 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 mm. 
and uh, and so she is trying nakedly to try to get uh, Catherine to write to her brother to try to get Maybe him come to come back. back. Uh, Any kind of fool could see. I was. And you know what? I'll shut up now. Keep going. Any any fool could see that, yeah. So Catherine has. I was certain that Catherine. Now I was certain that Catherine figured would, it out. Would like would fall for it. I was like next to certain that the end of at the end of that letter she would be like, oh okay. And I was like shaking the book, like don't do it, Catherine. Don't fall for this. Such a strain of shallow artifice could not impose even upon Catherine. Its inconsistencies, contradictions, and falsehood struck her from that very first. She was ashamed of Isabella and ashamed of having ever loved her. Her professions of attachment were now as disgusting as her excuses were empty and her demands uh, impudent. Write to James on her behalf. No, James would never hear Isabella's name mentioned by her there, again. There, there, there. Such... Such Bye, a strain bitch. of, of uh, artifice could not even impress upon a big old dummy like Catherine. Yep, and uh, and she shows the letter to uh, to to Henry, and uh, and they're yep. like, yeah, that figures. And uh, and that's kind of that's I th- I don't know is that is that going to be like totally the end of Isabella? Is she just like? gonna burn in in in, in no she's gotta come rage back, doesn't she? in bath yeah i hope she does i really I hope, hope she, she does because you know what the rest of this the rest of this is just gonna be and then they got married a spin-off series yeah Ooh. Thorpe's you know what that's bath. something that we should write i because you know there's that there's that famous um uh Jane Eyre spin-off of novel. people who are privileged to do to their colonial possessions. So about you know the, from the point of view of the wife, uh, the wife in the attic, and it, but if we did a Northanger Abbey from the point of view of the Thorpes, wasn't the wife in the attic a Creole or like, like a, some kind of uh, colonial subject in a yeah? She's like a slave owner in a plantation. She was a plant. Yeah. She was a plantation owner, but like who went crazy in? Yeah, because then of she the went heat crazy of the, the heat of that house fire she started. And also, yeah, like, it. postpartum depression. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't like that book anyway. But I think, like, a like a, like a a materialist take on... Uh, that's all Jane Austen is for kind of materialist. But, uh, it, like, Northanger Agaby from yeah. the point of view of the Thorpes. Or, like, like the, the, I would other, read that. Um, the other Jane Austen books through the uh, point of view of one of the... Uh, one of the assorted, yeah, the, the ugly sisters, a Mister a Mister Bingley series from uh, <laughs> Mister Bingley. I, I is like is like the Joe Biden yeah. of uh, it's like we're stuck of with Jane Austen novels. <laughs> it's like Jesus Christ, he's just this is guy. I mean, he's perfectly, at, like except for Mister Bingley is like benevolent and affable Joe. and. Uh, Joe yeah, Biden, Biden is, is really none of those Iraq things. War. Neither of those things. He's not. He's not benevolent. He's he's not benevolent. He seems benevolent, but that he's just. It's just like this thin, papery mask that is slowly yeah. dripping well, off of might, his face. He might be dead. You know, we haven't seen him in a long time. No, he had a video up today. It was very creepy. I believe with that blue screen or green screen yeah, in his in his, in his I think house. Propping him up in Wilmington. I think they're propping him up with sticks in order to keep, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, anyway. 
yeah, I uh, sticks and and uh, and amphetamines and uh, every imaginable upper that exists, and so maybe the the primary will um, yeah, will, the will, primary will 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 do, him, do in. him in. And meanwhile, uh, we uh, it's every uh, every crisis of capitalism imaginable is happening all at the same time, and. Uh, we might have like fifty percent unemployment or shit like that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just got depressed. Let's keep going on with the book. Yeah. So, um, what did you think I of this chapter, cool. Eric? I love seeing the it's nice, nice and like, short too. You know. Mm-hmm. I, I love. Yeah, it's just she just like drives. You think she's gonna drive into a it's wall true. and then she you turns. Think she's gonna zig and she's eggs. Uh, yeah, yeah, this was a good chapter for Catherine. Um, you know, she's, things are going well for her, um, unlike for us yeah. in 2020. Um, uh, but you know what? There's a, there, 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 there is a, I'm sure that there were lots of pandemics. More pandemics. Yeah. There are, there were. In I Jane mean, Austen's era. But they just, they oh, just let people die. They're not going to do that nowadays. Well, they're not, or they're yeah. they're only going to let some people die if if the if until uh, until uh, billionaires' uh, bank accounts start being affected by this in in a major way, and then we'll all have to go back to work and to hell with grandma. Uh, what what you thought like the chapter? Okay, so uh, this will be a relatively shorter episode. Uh, do you uh, do you have a book recommendation for people? Yeah, reading for read fucking anymore, birds. Man. You should be like the cool kids and watch yeah. TV. And, I don't know. Uh... <laughs> Sorry. You like <laughs> Get that the one? Fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. I've been socially isolated. Uh, do you have any recommendations? Do I have any book <laughs> recommendations? Uh, yeah. Uh, it's Un Semaine du Bond. Uh, a week of kindness. Uh, it's like a, a bunch. It's like it was billed to me as like the world's first graphic novel. That's not true. Uh, it's Max Ernst, and he made a bunch of collages and called it a novel. And the, yeah. Oh, I have that. It's very spooky. Yeah, I it's didn't a great really. Uh, I didn't really get a narrative out of it, but it was nice and spooky. No, no, you yeah. don't get narrative um, from Ernst. You know, it's a lot of like weird abstract. Uh, violent and sexual images uh, that were made out of like bits of Victorian uh, like advertisements and so forth or I guess Edwardian yeah that book is amazing it was, wait it was written 33 so but he had been gathering these different like inspirations for uh, his whole life so never mind yeah just like bits and scraps yeah. of things from different time periods yeah, he was like a modernist, yeah. a surrealist. God, my my brain. We don't have is smart no brains, but the good smart. news is you're not supposed. We don't have smart brains anymore. Thing on this podcast. Fortunately, and so you know, we we started off the podcast just like being like, we're you know we're smart, we're going to, but but we're not going to teach you anything. But you know no, what? We're not we smart have anymore. Removed knowledge from our own brains. 
Yeah, and we didn't give it to you, which is kind of like sucked went out, out of to our a brains heap. by an illithid, the brain-sucking squid monsters from Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, that's the sort of thing we that's still have I, in our I brains. I will like illithids. forget my son's birthday and my wedding day, but I will remember illithids. Yeah. There you go. There you go. All right. So no, I got, any, no any literally, I have no thoughts. <laughs> All right. Good night, right. everybody. Good Please night, get, everybody. Be safe. Stay at home. Uh, drink lots of fluids. Um, Take drugs. Uh, never your wash your hands and rub your face for at least 20 seconds when you go outside. Don't have sex like with that, that doorknob. Look, that, I know you, you want to. you see what that doorknob is wearing? <laughs> it was wearing oh. you just wow. a minute ago. Oh, man, that just blew my mind. Like, my hand is the clothing of a doorknob. <laughs> okay. Holy shit! Alright, we're done now. We're done now. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> and oh, now it's naked. Cover that shit up. Good night. Okay, now good night, everybody. <laughs>